Hi, everybody. Hello, hello. I am Eric Mona. I am the publisher at Paizo, and I want to be the first to welcome you officially to PaizoCon number 14, PaizoCon 2021. What a magical year we have all had together, but very much apart. Here we are gathering in our annual uh, celebration of Paizo and the Paizo community. Uh, this is always a very, very special moment for me and for all of the members of the Paizo staff, because if it weren't for a couple of fans uh, back in the ancient days of 2008, uh, who thought, you know, hey, wouldn't it be kind of fun to have a convention that was centered around Paizo? Um, those fans, of course, were PaizoCon founders, Tim Nightingale and Liz Quartz. Uh, and we thank them for that initiative, because now... Uh, it's 14 years later and we're still at it. So uh, welcome, welcome uh, to the staff who's participating, to folks who are watching on Twitch, to people who are going to watch us three weeks because they're already playing a Pathfinder Society game. Uh, we welcome you uh, to PaizoCon. We couldn't be more excited to have you. You know, about 16 months ago, uh, we uh, evacuated the Paizo offices, just like many of you did around the world related to this pandemic. And now uh, we're starting the conversations about, Ooh, gee, what would it look like if we came back to the office? Because things are starting to look like they're getting a little bit better. That's exciting because uh, it's quite frankly easier to run a publishing company when you're all together. But it's it's doubly exciting because it means that the chances of us all being together for real at PaizoCon 15 uh, is so, so exciting. Now, one of the neat things about the last couple of years where we've been doing this in quarantine is the online component has allowed so many more people all over the world who never, ever, ever would have been able to fly into Seattle to join us in person to participate in PaizoCon. So although we look forward to a time where we can all be gaming together and you can hear that clicker clack of dice in the ballroom and maybe come in and check out the Paizo store and get to meet your favorite Paizo contributors in person, uh, we will very likely, in fact, we will be having some form of hybrid show going forward so if you're uh looking at all this excitement about oh 20 uh 2022 we're gonna get back together in person well we'll also get back together virtually so very exciting to have you i holy moly have a lot to get through today so originally we thought maybe we'd bring in a handful of people in here just for a little pop in hey welcome to the show hi uh and and then a couple of days ago i i said to the folks producing this i said guys I got 125 slides to get through in, in 40 minutes. My God. Uh, so we're doing things a little bit differently. And you got me for the whole hour for good or ill. We got a ton of things to do. But before we jump into my presentation, I did want to cover a couple of other things. There is a ton of stuff going on at PaizoCon this weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. We have got uh, panels from noon to 6 every single uh, day. Um, and uh, uh, rather Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, and that's going to get members of the Paizo staff, contributors, uh, uh, a chance to show off what they're doing. And um, they're going to go a lot more in depth on some of the stuff that I'm only going to cover in a relatively cursory fashion uh, in this overview. So check uh, PaizoCon.com and it's got all of the schedule there. I'll be mentioning within the context of my presentation a few places where you might go to get a little bit more information on key details. But you're going to want to take a careful look at that stream schedule and uh, and check that 
that out. We've also got streaming games uh, every evening, and I'll be talking a lot more about those as we go forward. But uh, you can just sit back and, and watch some highly talented role players play through some stuff. Uh, we have uh, a full schedule uh, of all that stuff, um, and you can see it all uh, live on the Twitch tv slash official paizo channel which you know many of you are watching right now so that's not necessarily the most helpful tip but it's one to grow on so uh let's see what else have we got um i think it's about time to jump into this thing so usually at a normal PaizoCon where we're all gathered together we'd have this enormous ballroom everyone would be eating hotel food, beautiful, wonderful hotel food. And uh, we'd have a whole succession of people to come up and each the one, the individual experts would tell you their stuff. But this time you got me the whole time. So hopefully I won't mess anything up. Hopefully I won't accidentally reveal anything I'm not supposed to reveal, but hey, I finished this at 4 a.m. last night. So you never know. So, all right, let's get started. Uh, give me a second to get my screen shared hey would you look at that so uh paizocon 2021 welcome welcome here we see a scene from our upcoming mwangi expanse book which not only will i go into much more detail on but we have a full panel coming up uh later this week which i'll tell you about in just a few minutes but before we get fully deep into uh paizocon and uh, rather get into pathfinder let's talk about Starfinder. I'm super, 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 super stoked about Starfinder these days. I've had an opportunity to uh, get uh, a little bit more deeply involved with the creative team that works so hard on Starfinder all the time. And some of the ideas that are coming out of this group these days are among the most exciting that I've dealt with in my entire publishing career. Starfinder is picking up new players every month. It's been fun to see. Um, and we're just very, very excited about where we can go with the Starfinder line in the future. And some of the things that are coming up are crazy and awesome. So let's start taking a look at the near future here. One of the first things I want to talk about today, Galaxy Exploration Manual, the newest hardcover release for the Starfinder line. Now, this release is officially uh, in stores uh, on this upcoming Wednesday. Subscribers, some of them already have a copy of this as we're shipping our uh, materials out of the Paizo warehouse uh, to get to them on time for the release date. And uh, the excitement on this thing is building. We wanted to focus our attention uh, in Starfinder right up front uh, in 2021 on uh, tools that are useful for all players. We know uh, that there's a lot of people who the appeal of Starfinder is that kind of open expanse. You know, you can go anywhere that you want to go in the universe. And we wanted to make sure that we provided uh, the details in a book of how best to get that done, both for players and GMs. So in this book, you are going to see um, all kinds of information about how to create star systems, about how to drill down and create planets. There's a whole bunch of segments in here about different biomes uh, that, uh, so you can make a desert world, you can make a city world, and then each of those sections is going to come with player recommendations and gear and character ideas and plot hooks. And it's just like 
um, it's like a, a player usable game master guide essentially to Starfinder and to running and building your own campaigns in the Starfinder universe. So some of the art that I want to show here kind of speaks to that a little bit. Here we have uh, somebody tinkering with maybe their own version of the universe. And these guys are looking at, oh, there's trouble afoot in this system. Hmm. Bet we uh, bet we deal with it better if we had an awesome book about that kind of thing. Uh, here, again, lots of information on the general denizens of uh, the Starfinder universe, how to populate your, your encounters and things like that. Um, this is a nice mix of a lot of the, the cool uh, Starfinder uh, ancestries or races in that game. Um, and uh, lots going on in the Galaxy Exploration Manual. Um, there is, in fact, a panel about this right after this. So immediately after... Uh, this presentation, we're going to bring in the Starfinder team and they are going to take you deeper inside the Galaxy Exploration Manual. And uh, I couldn't be more excited. I've read the book, but I'm eager to hear what they have to say about it. So let's talk then about the next release in the Starfinder hardcover line, and that is Starfinder Tech Revolution. This is the final cover for this book. This book is scheduled to come out in... August. Um, it is a hardcover rulebook, and it includes a ton of material about the technology in the Starfinder universe. So what does that mean? Well, it's got options for all the classes. It's got technological ex expertise and tinkering, new vehicles. Uh, it's got a new character class that uh, we put through playtests a few months ago. It's been very helpful. Thank you to everyone who downloaded that and gave us your feedback. That is always enormously helpful to kind of pushing the class design over the edge and uh, you helped out a lot with this one. That is the nanosite. So let's take a look at the nanosite. So here is a nanosite. It's not the iconic nanosite. We'll get to him a little bit later. But here we have a character class that allows you to create a cloud of nanites that you can use to foil your foes and extend your power. You can specialize them. Um, so I love this. A discorporation, infestation, obliteration. There's another one as well. There's different different ways that you can utilize your nanite power to aid you and your allies or to defeat your enemies. You can further diversify the manifestations of your uh, nanites. And so uh, in the words of Starfinder uh, lead designer Joe Passini, would you prefer them to slice, dice, or julienne your foes? Well, that'll be your choice uh, to make uh, with the rules in the Tech Revolution Guide. And then, as a capstone ability for this class, you can cheat death by dispersing into a nanite mist and reforming at will, a power I think most of us would very much like to have at our beck and call. But all of that, as interesting as it is, is, uh, is stands alongside a absolute pillar of this book that we're all very excited about and something that we've wanted to put into the Starfinder universe pretty much since the beginning. And that, my friends, is mechs. Here's our first look at some Starfinder mechs. Uh, these um, are emblematic, actually, of something I'm going to be talking about sort of throughout this presentation. And that is that we're starting to see the benefits now of having a full-time concept artist on staff. Uh, Sarah Robinson, uh, the head of uh, Paizo's art department, um, brought in uh, Kent Hamilton, who's an artist that we'd worked with in the past. And Kent is now working with us full-time 
helping us to kind of bang out ideas before outlines even begin. So when we started talking about Tech Revolution several months ago, we said we knew we wanted to have mechs. We sat down with Kent and worked through some illustrations that then kind of we're able to provide to our writers and uh, to help us stoke our own imaginations. It's always great to work it that way. Here we have kind of the first real example in Starfinder where that's happened. On the left, Mac from the dreaded Aslanti Star Empire, some of our favorite baddies in the Starfinder realm. And next to that, of course, the Abadar Corporation. Uh, they have a, a full line of mechs. Stat blocks are going to be in the book for all this stuff. Rules on how to handle combat between mechs. Um, uh, something we've wanted to get to for a very long time. We're so, so excited to finally get there. Let's take a look at a couple more. Here we have an Eoxian Corpse Fleet uh, mech. So we wanted to not just have mechs look like, you know, two legs, two arms, dude in a suit. Um, some of them are going to be a little bit more monstrous. And when you're talking about an undead planet, monsters is the name of the game. Speaking of monsters being in the name of the game, there is a planet in the Starfinder universe called Daimalco, where it is all about giant robots, fighting giant behemoth monsters. And this fellow here on the right is a Dimalkin mech. Lots more mechs, lots more beautiful Kent Hamilton illustrations of mechs in Tech Revolution. That thing is, uh, like I said earlier, Tech Revolution is coming out in August and is a big summer release for the Starfinder RPG. Lots of information about infospheres, media culture, lots of great, great grounding for all Starfinder campaigns in Tech Revolution. You know, in a science fiction universe, everybody uses technology, so we wanted to give players and GMs some tips about how to make that work in their Starfinder campaigns. All right, let's get into adventures. And there's a lot to talk about with adventures in 2021 for Starfinder. And the main thing to start the discussion with is Horizons of the Vast. Horizons of the Vast is the next Starfinder adventure path. It is launching in June, and it is going to be a six-volume full Starfinder campaign of planetary exploration and settlement. Um, this is, uh, let's take a look here. So here you've got some Starfinder adventurers uh, in a, uh, a settlement on this new planet that you will be checking out. Um, here's a grid, uh, a hex grid that shows uh, the landing zone here. And this is a kind of an example that harkens back a little bit to the popular Kingmaker campaign in Pathfinder oh so long ago and coming soon in the near future, which we'll get to in a little bit in this presentation. Kingmaker with the sort of hexploration and the you kind of conquer your own land um, was an extraordinarily popular uh, adventure path for us. And so part of the, the, the thinking behind Horizons of the Vast is what if we did that? In space! So uh, you come to a... Uh, a planet that is uninhabited by sentient creatures, at least now. And uh, you get to explore, fight off against some of the terrible beasts uh, who inhabit this planet, deal with other maybe less scrupulous colonists than you, and really kind of make your way on the edge of the universe. And that is, uh, like I said, starting in June. One major change that we're going to see in the Starfinder line, starting with the Horizons of the Vast Adventure Path, is we are shifting the frequency of Starfinder Adventure Path volumes to bi-monthly. So they'll be coming out every other month. Now, one of the reasons we're doing this 
is when we started Starfinder, it had bi-monthly adventure paths, and the audience said, we need more, give us more, we want more. And Paizo, ever since we started uh, all those years ago, has had the motto of if people uh, tell you what they want, if you do what people tell you they want, they'll probably trade you money for it. And so we made more, and then we made more, and then we made more. And I think we're starting to see that uh, there's a lot of adventures that people still want to get through in the Starfinder realm. So we're going to slow down the pace of the long campaigns a little bit, go to bi-monthly, uh, and that is going to allow us some room on our creative staff to do some other things and to fill some niches that the Starfinder brand to date hasn't quite filled. And the things that I'm most excited about in that category are standalone adventures. Here you see the cover of our very first standalone adventure, which is entitled Junker's Delight. It's by Jason Keeley and Misha Bushyager. And it is pretty rad, you guys. It is a first level standalone adventure. It is set on the planet of Akaton. You are searching for a crashed science vessel called the Stellar Flare. And unfortunately for you, the remnants of that ship uh, lie in a field of debris and garbage and junk that is largely inhabited by space goblins. Everybody's favorite menace, space goblins make a triumphant return to Starfinder in Junker's Delight. There's more to it than that. You can see a big junk golem there on the cover. Lots of other fun stuff. Great way to kick off the Starfinder standalone adventures. And Junker's Delight releases in August. After Junker's Delight... What do you do? Well, one thing you could do is help with the liberation of Locus One. This is our second standalone Starfinder adventure path. This will ship in September, and it is a fourth level adventure. So if you want, you can play it right after Junker's Delight as the next adventure in your uh, character's uh, travels through space. Or if you just want to start at fourth level and do a sort of uh, mid-low level adventure, uh, this is going to be a great option for you. Now, one reason it's going to be a great option for you is the titular Locus One is a, a science vessel, or sorry, a science station and a trade post uh, surrounding a astronomical anomaly in space. And uh, this far-flung space station has run into some trouble of late as space pirates have raided the zone and are uh, sort of dominating uh, all of the things going on in the Locust system. Uh, and unfortunately, before the players arrive, the inhabitants of Locust 1 turn to the most reliable help that is nearby, which happens to be the dreaded Aslanti Star Empire. So the players come to Locus One Station and are trapped between pirates and expansionistic uh, Aslanti uh, imperialists. And that, as you might imagine, is going to cause all kinds of trouble and excitement will soon ensue. One of the cool things about this is that the station itself and indeed the entire Locus system makes a great uh, sort of home base for the player characters. And so by the time you finish up this adventure, the player characters will have somewhere to call home. The adventure goes all the way up to 7th level, and as I said before, it releases in September. Okay, but what about sooner? I want something sooner, Eric. Give me something sooner. 
And this, my friends, I can do. I am so excited to discuss Band on the Run by our very own Luis Loza. Um, this is a super, super fun one-shot Starfinder adventure. Our first ever Starfinder one-shot. We released uh, one called Sundered Waves for the Pathfinder role-playing game a few months ago, and we're super excited to have Starfinder now join the ranks. We'll be doing these semi-regularly. Um, and one of the neat things about our one-shots is we want to debut them with a partner stream and the uh, band on the run adventure is no different and in fact we will be debuting this adventure at 6 p.m pacific tonight tonight and that is um going to be with dragons and things uh i should say by the way that dragons and things and the folks from two kings entertainment have been helping to produce this entire PaizoCon, and we thank them for their efforts and we cannot wait to see their performance later tonight at 6 p.m if you want to learn more about this adventure band on the run which by the way also goes on sale uh today and that is going to be uh at i think it goes on sale at six when the game starts um but uh but peek around and i'm sure we'll make a big deal about it when it drops uh it's gonna be five dollars for a download you can read along and and see how the players uh, do it you can kind of then make it your own adventure and run it it comes with pre-generated characters the idea behind these one shots is to make them as easy as possible to just grab print out, read real quick, and run pretty much all in the same day. Should cover about two to three hours of play. And in this one, you're playing an intergalactic rock band, which I think is pretty sweet. The idea of Starfinder opens up a whole variety of different adventure types and uh, themes and focuses that we can, uh, that we can uh, put highlights on um, in the Starfinder science fiction universe. And I think Luis's adventure, as you'll see in just a few hours today, is a great example of that. We've got uh, more information about any Starfinder adventures uh, can be found at a panel on Saturday at 3 p.m. That is the Starfinder adventures panel so as i said at the top on starfinder lots of exciting exciting stuff coming down the horizon uh, we're already deep into 2022 in our own planning and uh, there is something coming up that is going to shake the universe to its very core but we won't be talking about that until gen con for now we're so stoked about band on the run about liberation of locust one about junkers delight about horizons of the vast about tech revolution and about the Galaxy Exploration Manual, which is available on Wednesday. All right, folks, let's talk a little bit about Pathfinder. Pathfinder 2nd Edition is in a full swing. We are thrilled with the way that the community has uh, adapted to the change and is checking out the new game. And uh, the reports that we get from the folks who are playing it uh, and loving it are fantastic to hear. Um, we are so, uh, I keep saying we're so excited, but it's like, we're so excited, you guys. So um, lots to discuss here. One of the things that I'm most enthusiastic about when it comes to Pathfinder in 2021 and even into 2022 is that release of Bestiary 3, which is an amazing 
monster book. Uh, we are kind of closing the book a little bit on what we consider to be the core rules of the Pathfinder game. So these are the books that we sort of assume everybody has, everybody has access to. That'd be the core rule book, the three bestiaries, the advanced player's guide, game mastery guide. And now it's time to kind of expand the horizon a little bit. It's time to move uh, into the next space, if you will. And one of the things that I wanted to be really careful about when we were doing Pathfinder 1 uh, low a decade ago was not just to kind of copy books that we'd done before. We don't want to just always just go, okay, let's do, you know, back then it was uh, adapting from 3.5. So it's like, let's not just do, you know, uh, exactly the same cadence of books that everyone's seen three or four times already. So what does it mean to go beyond the core? Um, well, let's start taking a look at that right now. And the first thing that I want to talk about when it comes to going beyond the core is Secrets of Magic. Secrets of Magic is the next big Pathfinder hardcover rulebook, and it is unlike any Pathfinder rulebook you have ever seen. In some ways, there's some similarities. The book's got a couple of new classes. It's got the Magus and the Summoner, and I'll talk about them in just a little bit. In some ways, it's similar in that it's got almost 200 spells. It's got a ton of magic items. It's got gear and ideas and equipment um, and lore that's going to be useful for your characters pretty much on every page. But one of the things that's a little bit different about this book is when it comes to that lore, we are going a lot deeper than we have gone in the past. And so we're not just going to tell you the rules for casting spells. We're going to give you information about how the inhabitants of the fantasy world of the Pathfinder role-playing game actually feel about casting spells. What does it feel like to cast spells? How do the in-world people talk about spells? How do the different how does that engender different philosophies and different belief systems that might have different interpretations of the same sort of raw mechanics? So there's a whole, whole section of this book and the way that the art team has laid it out. I hope that the Secrets of Ma uh, Magic panel we've got later shows off some of the spreads because some of the interior illustrator interior layout of these things it almost looks like you're you're flipping through uh like an old magical grimoire or magic book or something and so i am like blown away by the creativity not just on the writing side but on the art side of this book as well it is a gorgeous product and it is chock a block with usable rules for your Pathfinder games. There's not a lot of Pathfinder campaigns out there that don't involve magic. So this is a book that touches everybody. And then at the end of the book, there's a section on a bunch of different alternative types of magic. So blood magic and more information about familiars, elemental magic, you know, just a ton of really cool, some quite a bit off the wall and experimental um, systems that you can sort of graft on top of the existing uh, Pathfinder magic system to really customize how magic or even how specific strains of magic work in your campaign world. So let's take a look at uh, this, the Magus. This is our old friend, Celtiel. Um, he has uh, got an even more expensive outfit on now than he used to. Um, he's lawful evil, but we love him anyway. Uh, Magus is a special spellcaster hybrid who can use a special ability called Spell Strike to combine spells with weapon attacks. Um, they master special combat styles, and you can really get the most out of your uh, combination between spells and magic. Uh, sorry, spells and your weapon. Like, uh, uh, as uh, lead designer Logan 
Bonner was telling me last night when I was talking to him about it, a new spinning staff attack that strikes a couple of opponents at once. Pretty cool. Um, you also have a variety of focus spells to give you special attack, recharge your spell strike, and there is a special way to buff yourself using your spell energy called an arcane cascade. Um, We'll be going a lot more in depth on uh, Secrets of Magic uh, tomorrow at 1 p.m. There's a full panel on this, so they'll definitely go into more detail, but I wanted to throw in one quick update. The ability to gain a combat damage buff as you cast is now a core part of the class. In the playtest, that was accessed by Feet, and we got a lot of feedback where people wanted that to be more to how the Magus worked, and that is the great thing about doing a playtest. You all are very helpful with your feedback, and we can incorporate and make these classes even better. So we're very pleased with where the Magus is headed, especially post-playtest. Thank you all for your feedback, and hey, Celtiel makes it look pretty good. It's going to look even better on your player characters. Now, we've also got the Summoner. This is our brand new Summoner Iconic Aegea, and uh, you can read her backstory, uh, written by Paizo staff member Lou Pelazar, uh, on the Paizo blog. Just posted earlier this week a fun, fantastic little story, um, and the Summoner is uh, looking good, uh, looking great, in fact. Summoners gain a fabulous powers from an Eidolon, a monster that you can summon as often as you want. Uh, you can choose different types of character, or different types of creatures, dragon, construct, beast, etc. You evolve your Eidolon with special feats to give it new abilities, and you cast spells from a tradition that matches your Eidolon's theme. So if you want a pet class, so to speak, um, that isn't just sort of a, a druid with a bear or something, but you really want to get fantastical about what type of creature you're able to summon and have a special communion with, the summoner is your best bet. And that too went through a full playtest and got a lot of feedback that was incorporated into its design. And they will be going into much more detail about that, I am certain, at Saturday, 1 p.m. Uh, Secrets of Magic panel. Okay, let's look at a little bit uh, at some of the interior illustrations on this guy. Um, there's rituals in this book. It's not just uh, spells, so there's quite a lot of rituals um, which can be uh, participated in even if you're not a spellcaster, which is pretty cool. Um, there are, of course, spells, you know, like Water Wall and things like that. Um, some of them are traditional uh, from Pathfinder 1, but a great deal of them are brand new spells. Um, this is uh, an illustration from the opening chapter, which is all about the different styles of magic and is kind of emblematic of some of the, the mm, sort of diagrammatic stuff we're doing that I myself collect a lot of these old magic books and they're rifle, you know, they're filled with weird charts and strange drawings. And, and we wanted to kind of emulate that. And this is a good example of that from, uh, secrets of magic. Oh, look at this. Let's talk about the next book guns and gears. Coming out in October. Oh my God, look at this cover. Uh, I don't think we've shown this thing off before, uh, at least not to my knowledge. So feast your eyes, my friend. New Wayne Reynolds cover for Pathfinder Guns and Gears. When we showed off the Secrets of Magic cover earlier this week, people really liked it. They were taking a little bit different treatment with the covers and the spines um, to show you know, that this is kind of the next step. This isn't just the core rules. This is just the, these are individual awesome Pathfinder books that you want to add. So we want to give each one its individual look that works best for it. You see a really beautiful border treatment here. Sarah Robinson and the art team at Paizo are off the hook 
with how awesome uh, these books are looking lately. And of course, uh, at the heart of Pathfinder's visuals is the beautiful painting of Wayne Reynolds, our friend who has been with Paizo since almost the beginning, uh, since actually before the beginning, since he was illustrating for us back on Dragon and Dungeon magazines back in the day when we were doing those. And I just couldn't imagine Pathfinder without Wayne. And, and he just continues to deliver amazing, amazing covers. So Guns and Gears, Eric, what is it? It is, in fact, a coverage of Guns and Gears. Uh, technology, low technology, I'd call it. Um, so you got some fire, uh, some some black powder weapons. You've got some uh, clockworks, uh, things like that. We're not getting into laser guns and high technology. Maybe that'll be a little bit down the road. But right now, we're doing kind of the the, uh, the a little bit grittier, um, but also sometimes beautiful and elegant um, low technology in Guns and Gears. Two new classes in this book: the Gunslinger and the Inventor. Hundreds of new guns, explosives, clockworks, and other fun doohickeys. So there is a ton of great gear in this book. There are these two new classes that are really sweet. There's vehicle rules. There's all kinds of information about like mechanical familiars. Hey, prosthetic limbs. There's a whole thing on like what if you have or want, like our inventor iconic character does, uh, a, uh, a mechanical arm. How do you make that work? Um, so we'll be going into that in depth in Guns and Gears. A little bit of a steampunk vibe in here. Let's get a closer look at that Wayne Reynolds cover. Wow. I am loving it i don't think i ever want to have to fight a fire giant but if i do like in a blazing hot forge is probably one of the last places that i want to fight a fire giant but our iconic gunslinger and inventor make it look good so let's talk about them just a little bit more here is our brand new iconic gunslinger. I'm not sure we've shown this off before either, um, but Wayne's colors are just like popping on this one. Um, you'll see the uh, on her her thigh there is her clan dagger. Another sort of innovation about how Pathfinder doors work that came from concepting work that we did before the edition began with Wayne Reynolds, and we've been carrying that through. I feel like doors have a much more cohesive look in second edition. Basically, I think almost everything has a much more cohesive look in second edition, but dwarves especially and we are really pleased with the way this one has come out. We will be revealing more details about this character and their background in the weeks and months to come. So the Gunslinger can, uh, uses a huge array of firearms with incredible accuracy. You can pull off trick shots and special maneuvers with new action feats, and you can specialize in your favorite type of gunplay from twirling pistols to blasting powerful shotguns. This is a class that uh, we put through playtest just a few months ago, got a ton of great feedback on the playtest, have been busily incorporating that. And Guns and Gears is the book that our uh, design staff is is working on finishing basically right now. A lot of people are often curious about, oh, what when you talk about upcoming products, like when are you actually doing it? For Guns and Gears, the answer is we're doing it right now. In fact, there's probably people on my staff working on this product as I speak. Um, also in Guns and Gears, we have the Inventor. Uh, the Inventor is a, a brand new class where that specializes in making weird contraptions, including a signature weapon, mechanical armor, or a construct companion. You see a lovely little construct companion here in this illustration. Uh, you can also get more out of your devices with Risky Playtest Improved. 
unstable actions. And you can tinker with your creations to get exactly the inventions that you want. Um, I think uh, there is a uh, there are a couple of panels where you might be able to squeeze some more information about Guns and Gears from the design team. We don't have a specific uh, Guns and Gears panel, but there is a Pathfinder Q&A on Sunday at 4 p.m. And I'd be willing to bet if people ask very nicely, the Pathfinder design team would be willing to reveal a few more details about guns and gears. So, speaking of new details, we are now entering the part of the Pathfinder hardcover discussion where it is time to reveal what the next hardcover book is going to be in this line. Um, traditionally, at the PaizoCon banquet, we um, announced this book, and although we don't have a banquet, we do have an announcement to share with you. And that is that the next book after Guns and Gears for the Pathfinder RPG, or at least the next one we're going to talk about, that we're going to announce because I actually am skipping one that's already been announced, but here we go. Oh, wait, one more look at these cute little guys. Love them. Okay, you ready for the new book? Here it comes, you guys. Here it comes. Book of the Dead! Book of the Dead. Um, and I, I think I misspoke, by the way. Uh, Guns and Gears comes out in October. So this is the next book. And that is Book of the Dead. It is going to be in March 2022. It will be releasing in the standard hardcover, special edition hardcover, and a pocket edition softcover simultaneous release. This is not the final cover. Um, this is what we're going to be soliciting uh, to the book trade with in a few uh, weeks here. Um, this book is amazing. So this book is kind of the answer to, wait, we're done with bestiaries, but we still want to talk about monsters. How do we do it? And the Book of the Dead is the way we're going to kick it off. This book is annotated, my friends, by the Ghost King Geb, Undead Tyrant of the Impossible Kingdoms. It is, in fact, predicated in some way off of the uh, the book uh, that, uh, that is most associated with Geb, which, in fact, in the world, uh, it has a fancy title, but its subtitle is The Book of the Dead. So uh, this book is going to include in-depth treatments on battling the restless undead and also the gory details on how to be one. So if you want to play a ghoul character or you want to play uh, you know, a vampire or something like that, uh, Book of the Dead is going to arm you with the rules to do that in a way that's balanced with your uh, companions and that opens up a whole new uh, uh, range of potential character types, um, both to battle undead or again, to become one. The book is also gonna have some new details on Galarian's realms of the dead, like the undead nation of Geb, uh, in Garund, the southern continent, and the Gravelands, which was formerly known uh, as uh, the Last Wall, uh, a goodly nation of knights. But um, after the final adventure path in Pathfinder First Edition, the Tyrant's Grasp, things got decidedly worse for our paladins in Last Wall. And uh, yeah, the Gravelands is their land, and we're going to give a lot more detail about that and what sort of impact the invasion by the undead forces of the Whispering Tyrant have had on that land. We're also going to do some other uh, realms that are further afield than this, maybe even some places uh, on different parts of the world. Um, and uh, we are super excited to see uh, some of that world content working its way and providing proper context for this stuff within the context of the rule book. Still fundamentally a rule book, still mostly meant to give you tools to uh, use at your table 
But again, that context very, very important, and it gives us a chance to kind of touch base in some of these very, very critical spots. Um, and when you're talking about undead, you're pretty much going to need to talk about Geb and the Gravelands. Now, uh, this book is also going to have hordes of new undead creatures. So there will be like a bestiary section in here. And it's not, I don't believe it's going to be all undead. It'll be undead and undead sort of adjacent uh, creatures, thematically appropriate. Um, there's going to be a bunch of rituals for creating undead. Lots of, if you're playing a necromancer character, uh, this is a book you're definitely going to want. If you're playing uh, an enemy of the undead, this is a book you're definitely going to want. Um, oh, and I had to say at the bottom, hideous religious details. So we'll have information about undead honoring cults and, and gods and stuff in this book as well. Now, this book being as far out as it is, I don't have a ton of, you know, finished pages to show you. In fact, this book is still very much in the process of being written. But as I've been mentioning before, this is another example of where uh, we're using concept art sort of at the front end of the project to load us with ideas and to help populate outlines and just to kind of riff on a, on a back and forth way with our artists. Uh, traditionally, uh, the words come first in large part, and then we write art descriptions. The artists then do their best to kind of capture what we were envisioning in our heads. But this way, it's kind of more more symbiotic and we can we can go back and forth so i've selected some um i think really compelling and amazing concept illustrations by our on staff um, concept artist kent hamilton and the stuff we're going to look at today is specifically geared toward the nation of geb geb is a nation that is near and dear to my heart in the uh, pathfinder world um, it is one we have not done a tremendous amount of detail on before i think we've done a pathfinder society scenario and maybe a couple of other things but not a lot has gone on there directly and uh, so we wanted to really figure out what it looks like. What does it look like in a nation where the majority populace is some kind of an undead creature? And on top of that, uh, this is in Southern Garand. So it's in one of the, you know, things get a little bit more fantastical as you keep going further away from Galarian or from the inner sea. And this is a good example um, where we wanted to kind of hammer that home through how we do architecture and how people dress and things like that. So Kent has uh, spent a fair amount of time envisioning uh, the, the undead realms of Geb and I just kind of want to take you through some of his illustrations because these are incredibly inspiring to us and I hope they'll inspire you as well. So one of the first things um, is what the architecture look like in uh, this undead nation. And we are, here we have some studies on what sort of we think the upper class uh, parts of the nation might look like. You'll see a lot of things like drapery and stuff to provide shade. You know, not all undead really love uh, the sunlight. And so there's there's got to be places to take shelter. We wanted, if you can see in the bottom right-hand corner, like some incorporating some kind of undead motifs into the pillars and the structures themselves. This is also an incredibly ancient kingdom. And so the idea in some places is that like the kingdom, the, the buildings are almost crumbling away in the same way that a corpse might decompose. Here we have more sort of middle class area, you know, um, and the big sort of uh, mansions obelisks very common this uh this was originally sort of a colony of Osirian, which is our ancient egypt stand-in if you will and so you'll see some influences of that as well then we get into the the lower class areas and here's where a lot of the the living inhabitants of geb would live they're not necessarily uh members of the aristocracy you also would have less intelligent undead like zombies maybe ghouls and things like that uh living in the warrens and caverns and nooks and crannies uh underneath some of the high and mighty places in the region so i look at these illustrations and i just adventure ideas just start popping out of me like uh 
like polyps, like uh, evil polyps. And I, I'm, I'm excited to put that stuff into use in a campaign. Let's take a look at some of the denizens on the left. You've got kind of a standard ghoul, but then we kind of wanted to class them up a little bit. What does it look like when they're not, you know, immediately hunted down just for existing? And on the right here, you've got uh, an aristocrat. And uh, as you might imagine, when everybody's sort of rotting, um, Smell is an important part of Geb. So we imagine that some of these folks like to carry around incense and, and other uh, perfumes and ways to make it maybe not so gross. Uh, maybe the other ghouls don't care, but some of the humans and, and living creatures who still live there probably do. Here we have a page of study on the blood lords. These are uh, basically the aristocracy, the high aristocracy of Geb who run the government. Um, Geb himself is a ghost who has been isolated for quite some time, and so he's left the, the kingdom in the hands of, of friendly folks like this. I'll call your attention to the bottom left-hand corner. That little cute incense burner baby skeleton is everything to me right now. I love it, um, and I hope you love it too. Um, and then lastly, here's a look at Geb himself. Geb is in the middle of a big transformation. He's been a bit of a sad fellow at times. Um, he was obsessed for centuries with his conflict with an archmage from a neighboring nation called Nex, and uh, that didn't end the way that he wanted it to, and he's sort of been brooding as a ghost, leaving the kingdom in the hands of his consort, Erasne. But again, in the events that kind of wrapped up first edition Pathfinder, Erasne has abandoned Geb, leaving him on his own, and now he's coming back into things. There appears to be signs of a resurgent Nex to the north, um, and he has been not paying very close attention to his kingdom for a long time and now he's snapping out of it um so here's a a look at, at where we're seeing geb going visually again uh really cool to see this stuff they're not finished illustrations but they're more like idea starters and very very helpful for us to have and we're pleased to have kent on our team helping us with these great images again um there will be a uh an art of paizo uh, panel that you can get more information on uh, Kent and our concepting and really all of the art. That is Sunday at noon. A bunch of members of our art staff will be on that panel to talk about uh, the Book of the Dead and more. No classes in the Book of the Dead, by the way. This is, uh, yeah, a little bit more like a bestiary than a sort of all hands on deck rule book, but it's actually more of a hybrid of both. So that will be coming out in March of 2022. Let's move on. Okay, Mwangi Expanse. This is a simply amazing, amazing book. I am so happy to be putting this thing out. Um, this is the you know second edition Pathfinder has given us an opportunity not only to advance the timeline on our setting a little bit as we advance one year in every year of real time anyway, kind of now that we're doing another treatment of it, it's a way to codify that and bring some of the changes up to up to speed. Um, you've seen some of the changes in this region in the uh, Lost Omens World Guide. Um, and in first edition, the Mwangi Expanse, which is by the way, the interior of Garund, the southern continent of, uh, of the Inner Sea region, um, we touched on it briefly, um, uh, but it was almost always kind of from the perspective of others looking in. And what we wanted to do with second edition's version is we wanted to really kind of take it from the opposite perspective. What's it like to live in this region? What's it like to be from this region? What are the amazing ancient cultures that thrive in this land um, that after all has been so important to the development of modern day culture uh, in the inner sea region? And in order to do that, we enlisted a, a group of amazing freelancers, uh, many of them 
uh, identify as black. And so we wanted to make sure that we were getting a diverse uh, perspective of contributors to kind of tell the story of this land the way that it should be told. This is something that the entire staff was really, really focused on is, is giving this region um, uh, just a full treatment, you know, just like we would any other, uh, any other region in the Galarian world. Um, it's a lot more to it than just like a jungle or an unexplored wilderness. And this book coming in over 300 pages uh, gives a ton a ton of information to this. Everybody brought their A-game to this project. I feel like this thing is filled with some of the most crackling creativity that we have published in a long time. There are, I believe it's six player character uh, ancestries in this thing, including one that is like almost more like a sentient geometric shape than a, than a standard creature. Um, we'll be talking about this a lot more in detail um, at the Exploring the Mwangi uh, panel on Sunday at 1 p.m. But this is a huge deal. A um, lot of work has gone into this. Gorgeous book. I couldn't be more excited about the Mwangi Expanse. It also ties into the upcoming Strength of Thousands Adventure Path, which is going to be a six-month, a six-volume adventure path. I'll get into that in just a minute. Um, and uh, I am uh, already burning through my time, so I'm going to go through these uh, art images pretty quickly. But I hope you soak them in because they are spectacular. So here's the cover by uh, Ekaterina Burma, uh, uh, Ekaterina Burmak. Sorry, um, beautiful, beautiful. Of course, it's still, you know, Pathfinder. There's still dragons. There's still ruins, all kinds of fun stuff. But look at this. We were getting into some of the cultures, some of the different cities. Um, this is a place of high culture and indeed a lot of different cultures. Very, um, very diverse, not just ethnic, ethnically within the context of humans and things like that, but also you're much more likely to see lizard folk and, and gripply frog people and uh, even friendly orcs and things in uh, the southern lands than you would in the north. Here's another beautiful, beautiful Mwangi city. Um, the illustrations in this book are just insane. All of the Lost Omens illustrations are so good. Um, lots of stuff on the culture, um, magic as well, magical traditions, rituals, stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, you know, here's some dwarves and some some dragons. So there's high adventure uh, around every corner. Let's take a look at uh, some of the inhabitants of the Mwangi Expanse. So you'll see lots of different levels of technology, lots of different cultures. Um, there's one of those friendly orcs I was talking about, pirates, uh, dwarves. Of course, we got some fun uh, non-standard ancestries here. We have uh, Gripley. Uh, getting into some of the elves uh, that are from the Mwangi Expanse. They have a whole culture of their own that we go into fairly deep detail on. There are a couple of different varieties, including the Akuje elves. Um, this is neat. On the left here is actually Desna, as people in the Mwangi Expanse might imagine her to look, or as she might manifest to them. Um, and then we've got uh, Grandmother Spider on the right. So there's information about deities, information about religious beliefs, um, monsters, new monsters. This one on the left actually is one of the 10 magic warriors of Old Mage Chitembe, who founded the Magambia Academy of Magic and is credited with creating much of the structure of magic that still exists in modern times in Galarian. Um, and that is one of uh, his right-hand servants. Pretty awesome. Okay, let's talk about the next book, The Grand Bazaar. Uh, again, Katarina Burmack did an amazing job uh, with the cover here. Let's take a closer look at this thing. Wow. 
that is quite a sight to behold. If you look closely there in the back metal, you can even see some Hell Knights scoping out the uh, the, the, the the street scene here. Uh, the Grand Bazaar is the largest uh, marketplace in the Inner Sea region, and it is um, uh, at your fingertips with this book. This book's coming out in October. Um, I think I mentioned, but just in case I didn't, the Moangi Expanse book comes out in July. So uh, a couple of months after that, October, we've got the Grand Bazaar, and this thing is looking sweet. Uh, it's got information on, uh, here's the map of the Grand Bazaar. We've got information on a bunch of these locations, and they're basically like little mini stores for your players to check out. So there's information about proprietors. There's information on the stall or the store itself. There's information, of course, on the different items that you can buy there, anything from a construct to a magical yo-yo. Uh, to this fun little uh, poppet. Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, we wanted to throw some stuff in there. One of the, the stores has got mobility devices for differently abled adventurers. And uh, here's a wheelchair uh, device that uh, you can get in the book. Um, and that's uh, that's the Grand Bazaar. It's got shopkeepers, stalls, adventure hooks, and of course, tons and tons of equipment. And that guy is coming out in October. Following right on its heels at long last in November is going to be the Absalom City of Lost Omens book. I think those of you who've been paying attention to my presentations over the last year know that this is one we kind of pulled back to give even more development. I have been uh, putting insane levels of, of extra work into this. We've been tracking continuity on this city for over 10 years, and I wanted to make sure that all the good bits made it into this book, which meant adding over 100 pages to it. Uh, shame on me. But I think it's going to be in everyone's best interest because the final book, which is coming in at over 400 pages now, is an absolute beautiful sight to behold. And I want to show you just a little bit of this. Here's the map. It's the biggest city map Paizo has ever done. There's going to be an associated map product that comes with it. We're actually tagging the map right now. I've got about eight sidebars to write to finish this thing up, and then we got it, and we're in the process of adding numbers to this map, and then it is going to editing in the next couple of weeks. So this thing is well and truly on its way at long last. I thank everyone for their patience. I hope it'll be worth it. More than 400, uh, actually more than 200, 400. I'm losing track. Hundreds of NPCs in this book, an entire appendix, uh, not so much the stat blocks, but who they are, what their alignment is, what their goals are, what their story arcs are, how they connect to the locations, how they connect to other people in the city. It is a web like any city is, and we want to make it as easy for people to play right out of the book as you're exploring it at your own pace, at your own table. And that's been a lot of the development we put in. Here we have people coming in. Look at that fantastic marketplace. Um, but it's dangerous. Look out. There's bad guys. Uh, here's a foreign quarter illustration. This is actually a full page illustration. I kind of zoomed in on it, but that's one of the major locations in the home of the Pathfinder Society. In fact, in Absalom, here's the docks. Uh, here's Westgate, I believe. Beautiful full page illustrations opening every chapter. Every chapter's got adventure hooks. Every chapter's got, you know, at least to have a dozen locations fully detailed. Here's some stuff on the gates. And then let's shift over to adventure paths. So Absalom on schedule for November. Couldn't be more excited about it. Fists of the Ruby Phoenix comes out July 7th. And when I say that, I mean literally the entire adventure path is shipping on the same day because of some crazy custom stuff related to the pandemic and what have you. Um, things got jammed up and we're, we're unprecedentedly releasing all three volumes of a three volume Pathfinder adventure path literally on the same day, July 7th. I won't say it'll never happen again, but God, I hope it never happens again. But what a neat opportunity for you at home to pick up an entire adventure path in one shot. It is our fighting tournament 
Adventure Path, a big international fighting tournament every 10 years. 10 years ago, we did the Ruby Phoenix uh, standalone adventure for Pathfinder 1. It's been 10 years. We're returning to the Ruby Phoenix tournament. It starts at 11th level, so if you want to pick up from Abomination Vaults, you can, or you can um, uh, just kind of play it by starting new 11th level characters. Uh, it is got champions from all over the world. Here's the first two covers. Takes place largely in Tian Sha on the other side of the planet from the Inner Sea region. And as I said, it is three volumes. There is a panel about this adventure path at 3 p.m. today where the principles behind it will go into much more detail than I'm able to do here. But look at this. It gets into some pretty high adventure. That's kind of one of the fun things about starting at high level. And what is a tough high level fight? Well, Kaiju. So there's Kaiju in this. That should be pretty sweet. Uh, they'll tell you more about it at 3 p.m. today. All right, let's get into Strength of Thousands. Strength of Thousands starts right after uh, Fists of the Ruby Phoenix starts, middles, and finishes up all in one month. And that is in August. We're putting out the Strength of Thousands Adventure Path. This is the cover of the first one, Kindled Magic by Alexandria Bustian and Eleanor Farron. Um, it is an adventure path wherein the, our original uh, start as students of the Megambi Academy and then eventually become uh, instructors selves and get tied up in the magical lore and history of this academy there's all kinds of cool stuff it is set in the mwangi expanse as i mentioned um here is the magambia itself plus an evil frogman who doesn't like those and um there's a lot of crawling around in libraries um but there's also a lot of other interesting stuff including just perhaps a journey off the planet of Galarian entirely. Oh my God, it's going to be exciting. Six volumes starting in August, going all the way through the end of the year. Strength of Thousands. Again, we we uh, made uh, getting diverse authors on this thing a priority. Um, we think we this is going to be one of the best adventure paths we've done in a long time. And we couldn't be happier about how it is going. Um, and uh, there is, again, uh, some more information about this at the Exploring the Mwangi panel on Sunday at 1 p.m. Okay. Hey, look at that. Cool. Okay. Um, hey, the next adventure path. I'm announcing it right now. Oh my God. Uh, January, 2022. It's going to be a three volume adventure path entitled quest for the frozen flame. This adventure path takes place in the realm of the mammoth Lords. And it is technology high nature, uh, campaign with Megana, and you are going to be helping to lead your community on kind of a, a perambulation through the nation trying to discover spirits of its past trying to deal with maguses this uh this character here actually is a magus so that that uh axe is not only ugly it packs a nasty punch developer patrick rennie is working on this if you try hard uh the folks at no direction can squeeze information about this out of him at 4 p.m today uh, in his interview on No Direction. I'm sure he'll have more to say about this. We'll have a lot more to say about it, but I'm telling you right now, the first three-volume adventure path of 2022, Quest for the Frozen Flame. It's time to get your Mammoth Lord on. All righty. Now let's move on to standalone adventures. And boy, I'm going long. It's clear I'm going long. I apologize to everyone involved, but 125 slides, my God. Okay, Malevolence. This is a uh, comes out July 7th. It is a third-level haunted house adventure by James Jacobs, 64 pages-ish, uh, standalone. Um, and uh, we'll probably talk a little bit more about this with James at the Tales from the Vault 
uh, panel. It's Saturday at noon. It's got an associated flip map that comes out at the same day. Uh, that again, July 7th. The next adventure is Night of the Grey Death. That is in October by Ron Lundeen. It goes to the nation of Galt, the revolutionary country, which we have not discussed as much as we'd like. Um, and here's a good place to do that in a 16th level adventure of gothic horror. Should be out just in time for October. I mentioned Sundered Waves came out a couple of months ago, the first of our one-shot adventures for Pathfinder. The second one-shot adventure for Pathfinder uh, plays out uh, on uh, a stream here uh, at the, with the Glass Cannon Network tomorrow at 6 p.m., and it goes on sale at the same time. So tonight, uh, 6 p.m., is Dragons and Things, and they are doing Band on the Run tomorrow, dinner at Lion Lodge um, with Troy and the folks from the Glass Cannon podcast. These adventures come out day of, five bucks, immediately sanctioned for play in our organized play campaigns as well. All right, new announcement. Get your PaizoCon announcement bingo cards ready. And in fact, I think by referencing it, I just scored you a box. Here's an announcement I don't think anyone has been anticipating. We wanted to do something fun. We wanted to do something fun for a long time. I think everything we do is fun, but we want to do a new format. And we are. We're doing a party game, you guys. In November, we will be putting out Goblin Firework Fight. This is a fast-paced pickup sort of um, uh, party game wherein you play goblins fighting over a big a pile of fireworks. There are pickles involved. There are uh, trading stuff. There's kind of uh, screwing over your buddies' uh, uh, mechanics. Uh, it's hilarious. It's fast-paced. A group called Slime Life Games came and pitched this to us at Gen Con several years ago. We fell in love with the design, been trying to find the right time to get it out. We're going to do it last year. Then COVID hit. We thought not such a great idea to do a party game um, in the pandemic. But now that that's wrapping up, we're putting this thing out, and we are thrilled to be doing so. Here's a look at some of the cards. You'll see some uh, familiar friends uh, from our Weeby Goblins adventures. Our, our mascot pig, Squealy Nord, is there as well. Um, this thing, we'll have a lot more to say about it in the coming months. But Goblin Fireworks Fight is uh, uh, coming out in November. $29.99. It's got cards, high-quality tokens, uh, a cloth bag that it features into the gameplay. It's, like I said, frantic, hilarious gameplay and a great way to have some post-quarantine fun with your friendly goblins. Okay, um, let's move on and talk about Kingmaker. So Kingmaker, huge, 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 huge project we've been working on, um, and uh, I'm pleased to report that the Kingmaker project is now in editing so it has gone through its considerable development process this is multiple books those of you've been playing along at home know that this was a crowdfunder several months ago and uh, things are moving forward so uh, here is a look at the cover illustration that Wayne Reynolds did for us. I wanted to show off a bunch of art. There is a bit of, uh, of, of bad news here. Um, because of the delays that we've seen with this, we are now moving our expected release date of this to April 2022. But that's not an attempt to just kick the can down the road. We actually think that that is the date that it's going to happen. Could even happen sooner. But with some of the customs delays and things we've had lately, we didn't want to swear to a date that that other people might uh, get in the way of. So it's now looking like April 2022. We thank you for your patience on this project, but it is such a big deal. Kingmaker is such a beloved campaign. 
um, so important to get it right that we wanted to make sure that we took the time to do that. So here's some interior illustrations I don't think anyone's ever seen before from Kingmaker, just to give you a sense of some of the stuff that's coming up. There's a Jabberwock fight. That's good fun. So, um, and then uh, some cool illustrations of the Lantern King. Didn't uh, have the, the biggest illustration budget back when we did uh, Kingmaker the first time, so now we're doing it. There's the Stag Lord, fun, 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 and a couple more friendly faces some of you may recognize. Um, and that is the Shoggoth who is going to eat us if this thing doesn't actually come out in April of 2022. So again, thank you for your patience. This thing is looking great. It is a hugely ambitious project. Uh, lots of lessons learned on this one, but I think by the time it comes out in April, everyone's going to be pretty thrilled with it. So uh, we look forward to updating you more on that as time goes forward. And again, we will in this mouth is that day. All right, uh, quickly, let's talk about some partner products. I know I'm already out of time. But I'm just going to burn through this as quickly as I can. Uh, Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous is coming from our partners over at Owlcat, um, and that game is set to release September 2nd. Here's a couple. There's, um, uh, look at that, Demon Lord. Cool uh, interior locations inspired by the original Wrath of the Righteous Adventure Path. They've got a new dismemberment system. I mean, who doesn't like a dismemberment system? These guys look pretty dismembered and then there's of course the mass combat so this is a first look at that they're in, they're they're still doing testing on the game and uh, it is scheduled for a september 2nd release another upcoming product is pathfinder arena from our partners jockey uniti they publish pathfinder in italian and have a lot of great board games uh on their own um publishing side in Italy and in Europe, and they wanted to work with us on a board game. And it is going to be a innovative miniatures uh, board game, and they are hard at work on this. You can actually download the first official draft of the Pathfinder Arena rulebook at the Jockey Uniti International website. There'll be a link to that in the chat, so look for that. Um, the Pathfinder Arena team will be hosting a Q&A session in the Pathfinder Arena channel and the PaizoCon Discord channel today at 2 p.m., so if you're interested in getting involved in helping them playtest this or want to know more, you want to check out that. And then No Direction will be interviewing Jockey Uniti Stefano De Carolis on Saturday at 11.30 right here on on the official Paizo channel. And there is a crowdfunding campaign to come to get this thing off the ground in Q3 of 2021. The miniature sculpts we've seen, as you can tell, are pretty phenomenal and uh, lots more to reveal about this game in the months to come. Another fun, fun thing, partners over at Roll Combat took over the RPG Superstar test this year. And at Gen Con, they will be publishing a 160 page hardcover monster book called the battle zoo bestiary that features 100 original monsters by all of the rpg superstar contestants so that's going to be really exciting to look at um uh, the role for combat guys never skimp on the art so look at this. some of the art here is really beautiful um this is a hilarious is look at what the the actual thing looks like they're beautiful illustrations of all the monsters this is the blood mouse by longtime friend of paizo lucas servideo uh, i'm excited to see the rest of this book Look at these critters. Fun, fun, fun. Okay, a couple other quick promotions I want to talk to you about. Just in time for PaizoCon Online, uh, Pathfinder and 2 and Starfinder are free to play on Hero Lab uh, Online. So if you pop over there, they're going to be free to play through 531 through the weekend. So if you haven't had a chance to check out uh, Hero Lab yet for either of these systems, uh, please do. Their online interface is pretty rad, and I think you will quite enjoy the free preview. Um, also, our friends at Fantasy Grounds wanted to give us a quick update on where they're at with uh, converting material to their virtual tabletop. 
<coughs> excuse me, 135 products converted so far, including all of the adventure paths listed on this slide. That is a ton of them. So lots of great stuff preloaded there. You get a discounted price if you have an official Paizo PDF. Um, here's what it looks like on Fantasy Grounds for Pathfinder. Starfinder's got 75 products set up. Been a great partner over at uh, Fantasy Grounds, and we hope you check them out as well. And then look at, they've got 20, uh, 59 products officially converted for Pathfinder 2E. So Fantasy Grounds doing a great job um, getting their audience up to speed on uh, the state of the art with Pathfinder and Starfinder. We're thrilled to have them as partners. They've got map and tile support as well. Okay, so let's talk more just to wrap things up. Here we are, PaizoCon. What can you do to get involved? We've got these live streams. Tonight, Band on the Run, Dragons and Things. 6 p.m. tomorrow, dinner at Lion Lodge, Glass Cannon Network, 6 p.m. <clears throat> Sunday, we got Q Times with special Paizo guest Linda Zayas Palmer playing. And then at uh, Monday at 2, 2 Perception is going to be doing a game as well. We invite you to check all that stuff out on twitch.tv slash official Paizo. There's a discount code going on, y'all. It's 20% off any single purchase of Paizo items. Uh, PaizoCon 2021, you enter that. Uh, at checkout, and that will apply. We also have a number of discounts that are on just this weekend, including the latest Pathfinder Adventure card game release, Curse of the Crimson Throne, which we're selling for 50% off. Great way to jump in on that. Um, Ninja Division prepainted plastic Starfinder minis are also at 50% off. I didn't have a great picture of those for this slide, but just trust me, they're pretty cool. And then uh, they've never been available at a better price. And then one we just thought of like yesterday, Inner Sea World Guide. Um, Inner Sea World Guide was the definitive setting book for Pathfinder 1. Uh, it is the biggest setting book we've ever done, and it is fully up to date as of about 10 years ago in world time. So a lot of people have come to the setting in the last uh, few years, and I constantly see on message boards stuff like, hey, I love the Lost Omens World Guide, but I sure would love a more in-depth treatment. Well, that book exists. It's called the Inner Sea World Guide. We printed more than we probably should have back in the day, so we've still got a lot of these. So we're selling them for 75% off during PaizoCon. A great way to back up some of your lore on Galarian. It's got a cool map in there, help you understand kind of the difference between first and second edition. And lots of places, this is still the best source on that information. So check it out. Couldn't be cheaper, 75% off. We're practically giving it away. A couple more things. Humble Bundle. Got that going on right now. It is uh, at HumbleBundle.com, and we've already raised $45,000 uh, for Stop AAPI Hate. That's Asian American Pacific Islanders Hate. We want to stop it. And uh, you can help us by donating uh, to charity. You can. There's a slider where you can decide how much of the money goes to us, how much goes to Humble Bundle, how much goes to the charity. It's your price to pick. There are different tiers. At the highest tier, $35 or more. We'll ship you a free copy, or not a free, but we'll ship you a copy of the Pathfinder Bestiary for second edition. So great way to get a physical copy of that, an unbeatable price. Uh, shipping charges do not include, are not included, um, but still just a rip-roaring deal. We encourage you to do that. Still got about 14 days left on that. This is among the best deal we've ever done, and we're excited to have you uh, check it out. Lots of great stuff, humblebundle.com. Lastly, PaizoCon's all about gaming. Check out the AMA channels on our Discord server. We've got author-run tables going on this weekend. We have panel discussion channels. we got giveaways. we got after-hours cafe and bar where you can hang out with each other and with some of us. Uh, you could sign up for games at warhorn.net. It's $25 per game. If you uh, want just more information about PaizoCon, 
check out paizocon.com. You can always pop questions into the help channel on our Discord, and we would love to have you participate. So with that, I am going to stop sharing my screen, and hopefully you'll be able to see my lovely mug and my friend, this goblin buddy Craig back here. Happy to be with you. Thank you for your patience as I have blasted past uh, the allotted time. One last late-breaking thing. Our partners over at Level Up Dice sent me these dice, and they said, Eric, show these dice on the stream, please. And I'm trying to do that. So they are hard at work fulfilling their Kickstarter. Um, this is their fighter set. So the set, this is actually from the thing. You get this many dice. So different dice for your weapons, for your different colors, for your various runes on your weapons and things. Awesome metal dice from Level Up. So in conclusion, welcome to PaizoCon. I hope you think that stuff is cool. I guarantee you all the people who are working on this stuff day by day have even more stuff to share with you in the panels to come. I want to send out special, special thanks right here at the end to uh, Two Kings Entertainment and Dragons and Things who have been hosting these, uh, doing all the tech for PaizoCon this year. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we've got No Direction, our, our beloved friends at No Direction, uh, helping to uh, stitch everything together here. Love to see them. Uh, also, thanks to our streaming partners, Q Times, uh, again, Dragons and Things, Glass Cannon Network, and Two Perception. And lastly, I want to give out a special uh, thank you to my staff, the Paizo staff, in particular, uh, Tanya uh, Woldridge uh, and uh, Alex uh, from uh, Alex Spidell from uh, the Organized Play Team, uh, Jim Butler and Aaron Shanks, and the other members of uh, the uh, marketing team who have really helped with the programming, getting the word out on this stuff, and really everybody else at Paizo. We've all got something to do here over this weekend, whether it's sit and hang out in discords, beyond panels, play games. We can't wait to be with you again in person next year, but we're happy to be able to be with you virtually here in 2021. So have a great PaizoCon 14, everyone. Amazing. If you want to come talk to me uh, in a few minutes, I'm going to be heading over to the keynote channel in the discord server. Happy to answer questions about any of this. Happy to tell you more about Craig if you want to know. Um, and otherwise, uh, we are going to hand things back to, I think, No Direction. I'm just going to bail and say, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to me talk. I think I'm going to enjoy some water and stop coughing. And uh, enjoy PaizoCon. We are thrilled to have you. See you next year, folks. Or, you know, in one of these panels in a few hours. Bye! Bye!